you ever felt you're being watched sometimes? Have you ever had a cold shiver run down your spine? Sometimes we go through that. Sometimes we look for answers to questions we don't really truly understand. Like, are we truly alone in the universe? Is there life after death? This world is weird. It gets weirder by the day. And in that weird are questions that we have as curious beings known as humans. Tonight, we look into some of those questions and get a little weird. Because we all are just a tad bit weird. Tonight on Weekend Weird. Welcome to Weekend Weird, the podcast about the weird and mundane that's out in this world and across this universe. I'm your host, the captain of the ship, Red Nick, and uh, guess who's back? Returning champion. <laughs> Returning champion and overall great dude, Ogools. Hello. Hey, how's it going? You know, I think we should turn this kitchen into a sound room. Yeah, <laughs> so you, know, just... you know, let's just, just put stuff up on the walls. And stuff. For those of you listening... Um, we're in like a kitchen of a studio apartment in Chicago, um, so not a lot of room. So that's why it sounds pretty cozy in here. Yeah, yeah, we're all cramped up together, like uh, pretty much we're in some sort of a prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> and this time we have an audience. Yes, we have an audience. Say hi, audience. Hi guys. Those are random people who just yeah, yeah, to yeah. Pick up from the street. Get out of, my apartment. Get out of our yeah, apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, what are we doing today, Nick? Oh! <laughs> what? What? I said, I don't know why I waved at them. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is an audio-visual experience. Yes. <laughs> you go live right now to Instagram. Yeah. Um, I figured we would do, or the topic of today's show, um, I figured we'd do history of our city we live in. Okay, we do so, live in a city yes, with a lot live, of history. With a, well, a hell of a lot of history. Um, that city is Chicago. Um, there's a lot of uh, history that goes along with this city. There's also a lot of legends and myths um, and folklore. Um, also a lot of hauntings because this is Weekend Weird and we do deal with the weird and the paranormal out there. It's just, this is officially the first ghost episode that we've gotten to, even though it was only a partial ghost episode. So I figured we'd do it on our own city. You know, the city of Chicago. I've unofficially become the skeptic like they do in the BuzzFeed videos. Yeah. <laughs> every, time, every time you bring one of these shows up and I'm here, yeah. you're usually the believer and uh, I'm usually yeah, the skeptic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's fine. I'll be the token skeptic. Great. That means I have to be a little tiny Asian guy. <laughs> so, be who you want to be. Exactly. So, but on here we go where we're going to do talk about Chicago history, myths, legends, <clears throat> and hauntings. So we picked five pretty much, even though there's a whole hell of a lot of history that deals with Chicago, whether it's the paranormal or just regular, like uh, the fact that Chicago was founded by a black guy. Absolutely. A former slave. Yes. yes. From Haiti. I thought, it, I thought it was Dominican Republic, but same thing, right? No, it was Haiti. He backed this point this up. 
Um, which wasn't officially recognized until like 15 years ago. Exactly. Like recognized by like erecting a statue and everything. Yeah. If you guys are ever in Chicago, if you're by the river, um, downtown Chicago, there's a bust statue of uh, Baptiste like on the north side of the river, I want to say. Yeah, it's on the north side of the river. Yeah. I mean, right off Michigan. Yeah, they put the bu- uh, bust, but he's always he for years he's had the African American History Museum um, on the south side. The Sabo Museum, but at least it's like where tourists are in the right off Mag Mile. For those of you who don't know, Chicago has an area called Mag Mile, which tourists flock to for some goddamn reason. Well, it's a bunch of shiny stuff. It's kind of like Times Square compared to Times Square in New York City. It's like a bunch of shiny stuff. It just go in overpriced shops. You go, ooh, look at that! It's a Nike store. No, knowing that the fact you go out to the south suburbs, you can buy a cheap pair of Nikes. <laughs> right, price, right. You're in the city and everything is, ooh, shiny. So I'm going to pay an extra $85 for these $5 pair of gym shoes. And you know, it's funny because like in the winter, they we have the, the lights set up where they just wrap all of the trees down Magmile with lights. Mm-hmm. It is really pretty. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah. Well, so again, the city has a lot of history. Um, like, did you know the first international workers holiday known as May Day, May the 1st, was create took place and was created in the city of Chicago? Broke the backs of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> like, the fact that you... I, I find it surprising. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I find it surprising that this holiday that, that is celebrated all around the world as Labor Day, um, the United States, we so they celebrate... Uh, September, the first Monday in September, Day, as right? Labor Day. They they separated. Oh, they're they, separated. They separated. Mm-hmm. Like, they, internationally, <clears throat> Labor Day is May the 1st. In the United States, Labor Day is September, the first Monday in September. To separate right. from wor- world's workers. And like, it started here in Chicago. It you know what's funny? People yeah. in Chicago don't know don't that. Don't know that. There's no. like this... Like, kind of forgotten and very overlooked statue um, mm-hmm. right off, uh, you know, on the west side of the it's, city. It's uh, this, this Plains and Randolph Street on yeah. the west side of... Uh, it's just like, the... you walk by and you wouldn't even know, like, take notice. This this incident that the statue uh, the is... Haymarket bar- the Haymarket bombing. Right. Depicting started an a international labor movement. St- started pretty much like, international labor movement started pretty uh socialism and communism that's crazy which took over one third of the world it started in chicago wars <laughs> were fought over worlds were, what started like, in li- chicago literally right? the the bolshevik party the uh the communist party of china uh, the communist party of vietnam mm-hmm. the communist party of cuba would be they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this incident in Chicago like in 1886. This, right, it's the spark that lit the entire fire that took over the entire world. Exactly, and it started in Chicago. Not a lot of people notice it's like that statue that uh, we point to a displays of Randolph. Yeah, yeah, that's not the original statue. Oh, really? I didn't. The even original know that. statue no. was a police a police figure because policemen had died in this bombing. And one day we'll get to that story or on a different podcast you can find we out should. the story, important yeah, story. Of, of the Haymarket uh, bombing and riot. Um, but it was originally a police officer. 
standing on a, on a pedestal, a statue of a police officer on a pedestal, and it was constantly bombed by the Weather Underground <laughs> uh, militant organization, um, which was brought up during President Obama's uh, uh, first election in 08 of him hanging out with Bill Ayers, who was part of the Weather Underground. Long story, maybe one day we'll get to it. Seems more not a weekend weird thing, but a history type podcast also a great website for weather i'm yes. not even kidding <laughs> weather underground is better than weather.com yeah Anyways. exactly um they kept bombing this police <laughs> statue um so they ended up moving that statue to the chicago uh police uh academy headquarters on the south side across from uh u.s southern field where the white Sox play but we're going on it's just how much history it's in the That's, city you can it's, go on it's, forever it's, it, you go on forever, but we're Let's, going to do five stories on the paranormal, the weird, and myths, legends of the city of Chicago. So, you know what we'll start off with? Probably one of the biggest events that happened in Chicago. One of the stars of the Chicago flag, the Great Chicago Fire. The Great Chicago Fire, which let the city re- hit a reset button, yeah, basically. It it's... Has it ever happened in another city's history? A big city's history? Not as the way of Chicago. Not as widespread? That's widespread. I mean, there's been large cities that caught on fire in major uh-huh. cities, but not as the devastation that it happened. Y'all, just Chicago imagine, fire. like, after um, or right around the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. you getting to remake your whole city. city. Yep. And you got, like, architects from around the world that come in to give you ideas, and the city gets redone exactly. that's awesome it just, it gets from an architectural laid. standpoint like like yeah it's it's beautiful the way that they because how cities are usually set up organically um, where people are concentrated streets are usually old horse trails in the case of the Midwest old Indian trails mm-hmm. um, but when they were able to reset the the way the city is made up, they intentionally went out of their way to make this like really great grid system we have in Chicago, um, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, but well, we're talking about not the, just the we're, fire. We're talking about the myth how the fire started and pretty much the devastation that covered the, the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the, your history books, if you read about the Great Chicago Fire, we talk about this massive fire that destroyed most of Chicago. It really didn't. Uh, it, it gave a significant part of Chicago buildings that should have been condemned and 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 torn down, but it really didn't do that much damage. It was over a four mile square, four mile area from the close to the south loop up to the north side, really. Um, but it didn't really do that much damage to the city, and. They made it seem like, and yes, it's you you telling a story about rebirth of a city, this new city being built up. Um, so you need a good story to tell, like, hey, uh, it destroyed most of the city. It really didn't. So the question is then, you know, that people want to know. The second question is, how did it start? Yeah, and the legend goes is that Mrs. O'Leary, cow, <laughs> kicked over a lantern. In her barn one night, and the lantern caught, uh, the hay caught on fire that was in the barn for the lantern and got out of control and started the fire. Can I tell you something? When I told this um, story to my parents, who are immigrants uh, Mm -hmm. to Chicago, um, they they didn't believe me. They thought I was like 
joking, right? And I was like, uh, no, this is, was a myth for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And some people, actually a lot of people still believe it. Believe it. It's not true. <laughs> it really isn't true. It, they tried to pinpoint where the fire had started. Around the area of where Mrs. O'Leary, the O'Leary's had their barn at, which where they had their barn is now, ironically, you want to call it ironic or because it's purposely put there, the Chicago F uh, Fire Department Academy <laughs> Training Center. There's literally a uh, a marker which marks where the barn was, right there in front of the Chicago Fire Department's uh, Training Academy on the uh, South Loop. I believe it's on Jefferson Street. Um, but they're not sure. They pinpoint the area uh, around Mrs. O'Leary's uh, farmhouse. They said it either started there or started a little bit more south there. The, the Chicago Fire, but it didn't start with Mrs. O'Leary's cow. That myth was placated by anti-Irish sentiments that was going throughout the city and also throughout the nation um, during that time. The O'Leary's were Irish, Irish immigrants who mm -hmm. came to Chicago, and they portrayed the Irish as being lazy and... Um, pretty much destructive, to, destructive society, to society right. or stealing other people's jobs. Where have I heard that before? Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, and this was a myth placated on anti-Irish sentiments. The fact that, oh, this lazy woman who couldn't clean up her barn, her animals had kicked over a lamp and started a fire. <laughs> what I find funny is that not only it's anti-Irish, but... The poor cow. Why is why does the poor cow get blamed for it? Exactly. You know what? Like it could have been her kid that knocked it over. No, it had to be the no, cow. No, it was the cow. Yeah. Yeah, some try to uh, theorize that it was kind of a like homeless population, one of the homeless population, or someone who was drunk, uh, lit a cigarette um, around little, either miss, the area where um, near where Mrs. O'Leary's farm was, but not on her farm. Um, or a little bit south, and someone lit a cigarette and pretty much threw it in the street because there was a lot of garbage gathered around in the streets. Um, so, so man started there. <laughs> so the the story starts with um, with a Chicago Tribune reporter, yeah, um, named Michael Ahern a a or Ahem. I, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Um, basically, making up this story, literally making up the story. Mm -hmm. To sell the paper, and it yeah. did obviously. Yeah. It's a it's your kind of tribute for you, right? Right. <laughs> we'll make up anything. I mean, the them making up this story, the the hay market, them exaggerating the hay market um, bombing. Chicago Tribune has a real history of uh, in this city of being a shit newspaper. <laughs> but that's the opinions of Red Nick on Weekend Weird and not anyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share that opinion. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, anything else to cover on the subject? I mean, also, the, why we're saying that why Mrs. O'Leary is a scapegoat, because she testified that she was in bed during when the fire began. and had no idea who had caused it. But it didn't. she testified also it didn't start in her barn. I mean, if it started in her barn, wouldn't she have died? The fire was... The, she, the barn was separate from her, her, her house. I yeah. see. Um, where it was separate, but still, it would have caught in her home first. 
I mean, the, the, Four. The, the, her bar did go up. Right. The, the, it was part but of it probably day. because it was in the uh, in the past in the fire at White. Yes. In the, in the yeah. path of the fire. Yeah. <laughs> poor cow. Yeah. <laughs> poor cow. Poor Mrs. O'Leary. She didn't deserve that. <laughs> She's mind her own damn business. Shit. <laughs> All right. What myth, urban legend are we getting All to? All right. Uh, you ever heard of Jane Adams? Not until you brought it up, no. Um, I know she, okay, so I know she's a name in Chicago, yes. but I didn't know this connection or this uh, urban legend or what have you until um, you gave us ideas for this podcast. Yeah, well, Jane Adams is, uh, she was a champion of women's independence and a founder of uh, some progressive, progressivisms and uh, constitutional institutions to help the poor and women throughout the city. Uh, one of the myths going around about Jane Adams is that the fact that she took in a devil baby. Devil baby. Baby born from Satan. Devil so baby. The, from Antoine LaVey's uh, darkest mind, the f- fans vermin, which is the devil <laughs> baby. <laughs> so stupid. What year was this? This is back in the uh, late 1800s. Okay. Late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay. Um, she's supposedly taking in a, uh... Wait, so she, Jane Adams is someone who's, like, does anthropology and, like, like... No, what, no, what, no. She's, uh, what? She runs much, a home? Yeah, she, she had run, at the time, she had ran a Jane House home. Uh-huh. Um, which is still around. It's on the campus of University of Illinois in Chicago. Mm. Right off Halston Street. So, uh, they do do tours. You just gotta go to their website, uh, you're in the city, and you can look around Jane Adams, uh, Jane Adams' house. That house. Okay. <laughs> so this was uh, basically a home to take in, like, uh, the needy, the, the like homeless. Like the needy, the sick, uh, the homeless, uh, women who had ran off uh, from... Um, spousal abuse. Spousal abuse, or want to make a fresh start. <clears throat> she pretty much took in uh, these... Um, these people who needed help. Mm-hmm. And um, people around the neighborhood weren't really appreciated that she was taking in all these people because they thought these people were, again, uh, stereotypes. There you go, the neighborhood. There you goes know, the neighborhood, filth, thing, right? dirt, right. you know, no good, they're criminals. And um, pretty much this myth of uh, this devil baby, uh, <laughs> <laughs> her taking in this devil baby, um, had went around the neighborhood. So let me tell you the, the legend. A little bit. Um, here. Italian woman. Like The story goes, an Italian woman describes as a young Catholic girl who had foolishly married an atheist. Um, one day she hung, this Catholic girl, hung a portrait of the Blessed Virgin Mary on her apartment wall. Her husband, being angry and being also an atheist, because apparently atheists are angry all the time. Um, How, coming out as an atheist back then, that must have been dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Dangerous. Especially like a, a religious city like Chicago, Chicago was back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, Anyways, go ahead. Um, the husband ripped it down, proclaiming he'd rather have the devil in his house oh, than that such a per- picture. The devil baby was his punishment for that penance. <laughs> There's also a Jewish version of the story. Uh, the Jewish version described the sheep as mother of a handful of daughters and a heartless husband in search of a son. When his wife became pregnant again, the husband clearly announced his preference that she give birth to the devil before another girl. 
New sitcom coming on NBC this fall. <laughs> Devil Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Story Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, I haven't heard that name in like, half Kelsey a decade, Grammer. five years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fraser, right? That's yeah, Fraser. Right? Yeah, Fraser. Yeah. Dr. Fraser Crane. <laughs> and also the Beast in the X Men. Yeah, the last day of the one that the one remembers because it was so bad but yeah that was supposedly and Jake this girl is she gives birth to this devil baby it's got horns it's bright red it's got a tail um supposedly. let's talk about the logistics of giving birth to a baby with horns yeah how, you know what you know we horns are like in the audience <laughs> <laughs> and a nurse can, can y'all gather around a little bit just, but either was, neither of them have gone through a devil birth baby never, no, I don't think either one was going through a birth hey hey uh, ladies how, how would a birth work with a kid with horns there you go. It wouldn't. All from right, the there you go. And, uh, that's from a nurse. <laughs> it would not work. <laughs> okay, devil baby comes out, then what? So pretty much some versions that they, the, this kid is uh, going, uh, it's, it's just pure evil that it's smoking. It's tearing the house because it's still with the uh, Catholic girl and her atheist husband. It's tearing the house apart. It's smoking cigars. Uh, <laughs> it's going out there running a racketeering version. <laughs> it gave Al Capone his idea. You know what? You should run a game. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Also, your name is Scarface. That's what we're going to call you. We're going to call you Scarface. Is this, All the, right? <laughs> is this the baby? Yes, okay, it's the baby the telling Al Capone that he's going to be the next big mobster in Chicago. Um, pretty much. It's uh, also... Uh, doing uh, illegal stock exchanges, um, <laughs> uh, giving insider trading tips. Uh, Baby had it all covered, of, man. It's, it's doing That's... a lot of evil things. <laughs> hey, it's just branching out its uh, you know investment opportunities. Exactly, exactly. It's being evil. It's going to the the, the, the charms of capitalism, the, the turn. So the the family can't take it anymore. So mm-hmm. they ended up abandoning, giving abandoning the kid, giving it to Jane Adams. Jane mm-hmm. Adams is up taking it in. Mm-hmm. Taking it upstairs into uh, uh, an attic and keeping it there, and um, how the legend goes that as one naturally does when you get a devil baby. Yes, the legend goes that this uh, devil baby will pop his head out um, in the windowsill uh, for passersby to see, and uh, either throw things at Jane Adams or um, spit up or something, and it just. Um. Yeah, why is the devil maybe throwing stuff at his mouth? Because it's evil. We had a question from the audience. Oh, because this baby is evil. It's the spawn of Satan. That's why he would throw things and attack his mother and commit insider trading and racketeering. Makes sense to me. So, uh, (laughs) so that that part of the legend, Jane Adams takes it in because she's this godly woman, Mm -hmm. and um wants to protect this kid from the neighborhood and also from itself. So the kid ends up passing away because it's a devil baby and babies are not supposed to have horns. And supposedly now it still haunts Hut House um, upstairs. Like someone took a picture through a tour. Someone took a picture of the upstairs um, attic space because there's a window upstairs in Hut House and you could clearly see what looks like a person. In there and no one was in there. 
So basically what it boils down to is that Jane Addams kept this baby mm-hmm. to prove to the neighborhood that she could take care of this devil baby. Mm-hmm. Um, she kept it. The reason why she these rumors in this myth was going around when Jane Addams was alive and running the hut house. She had a chance to stop these rumors, but she chose not to. Kind of played into the marketing ploy of it played all. Played into marketing is that I'll take anyone in who needs help. Right. I don't care. I will take them in, even if it is the devil itself. Chicago has a weird history of people moving into places that they aren't welcome in. Cabrini Green. <laughs> <laughs> the candy man. <laughs> Don't be go messing with the candy man. Okay, the candy man is not real. It was created by Ryan Parker. There's never been a, a, a pimp with a hook in hand that lived in the old Cabrini Green uh, <laughs> housing project. By the way, I have no idea what candy man is. I was referring to the mayor that moved into Cabrini Green to prove that it was safe to live there. Oh, there was Jane. <laughs> this one, no, the mayor was Jane, the name Jane Burns. That was Jane, Jane Burns. Burns. Sick Burns. Sick Burns. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it was Cabrini Green. I thought it was Robert Taylor Holmes oh. on the South Side. Okay. Cabrini Green's on the uh, was they don't exist anymore. The West Side. Anyways, so. Uh, <laughs> Is it really hot in here? Sorry, y'all. Just crack crack some windows open. Yes, it is hot. <laughs> yes, they, they don't want us to talk. It's too... All right, are we done with Jane Addams? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other legends, supposedly, that uh, there's a legend going around um, in the city on the south side that supposedly connected to the devil baby, this woman was dancing one night, or went out dancing one night at a church function. She ends up meeting this stranger and having a nice time with this stranger. Um, dancing and having a good time. And people around her started getting freaked out. Like what? And she started wondering why people around her getting freaked out. She ends up looking down and then instead of feet, it was holes. What? And she ends up looking up and pretty much the guy removes his disguise and his hat and it's supposedly this devil man. A devil goat man who ends up pushing her away, jumping out of the window whenever I try to attack and kill it, and running off. And supposedly there's hope prints in front of this church. I believe it's uh, Old St. Michael's Catholic Church on Cleveland Avenue in the Old Town uh, section of the north side. Goat man. Um, <laughs> devil <laughs> goat man? Devil goat. Yeah, devil goat. So far, Chicago's two for two on ostracizing mammals. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so supposedly, supposedly <laughs> that's, that's linked to the like this goat, goat, devil goat per, uh, man, and this young lady gave birth to Jane Adams' devil baby. That light. No, no. That light is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's really hot. Supposedly that's linked. But, again. It's a myth. It's a legend. Next. That's true. So, yes. <laughs> you want you want to talk about actual hmm. death and destruction that happened in this city? Oh, are we referring to Camp Douglas? Yes, we're talking about Camp Douglas. So when I found out about the story, um, it was through. There's a. If you guys are listening in Chicago. NPR has a really good show, or WBZ has a really good show called Curious City mm-hmm. in Chicago, and it's all about Chicago and its history. And they did an episode on Camp Douglas. 
I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Yeah. This happened in 1800s during the Civil War? Yeah, it happened. In the south side 18, of Chicago. Eight, 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 during the Civil War. In like one of the most atrocious, deadly, nightmarish scenarios you can possibly think of. And it happened right here. In the city. In the city. Mm-hmm. So Camp Douglas, tell him about it. Camp Douglas uh, was a Civil War camp. It was a Union camp, prison war camp for Confederate soldiers during the Civil War. It was called the North Andersonville. If you're a history buff and know a little bit about Andersonville, pretty much that was a Confederate uh, prisoner of war camp for Union soldiers. And literally they starved, beat, shot vast majority of the um, soldiers in Andersonville. And that's exactly what happened. Um, at Camp Douglas. So, so they called it the around. North Andersonville, right? Well, the North yeah. Andersonville, but pretty much... Um, it was basically just a, a detention camp for um, Confederate com- yeah. Confederate uh, soldiers that were captured after battle mm-hmm. in, you know, basically north of the Mason-Dixie line. Mm-hmm. Like, um, And Chicago had a robust sort of like transportation system. Not robust, but... Yeah. Roads led to Chicago, right? Yeah, so roads, which is... roads and railroads led through Chicago. Like, if you're coming from, like, hey, we're fighting a battle um, It's natural that they would bring it bring it. Yeah, there. and you're fighting a battle in Missouri, <clears throat> or you're fighting a battle in Arkansas or Texas. You have prisoners of war. You're not going to send them all the way over to Washington, D.C. You're not going to send them to New York, Boston. You're going to send them to Chicago. To Chicago, because they're the westernmost uh, city. Uh, East the of the Rockies. Yeah. Um, or the biggest city east of the Rockets at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or not, so, not New York and Boston, obviously. Yeah, um, Chicago. It's the closest <laughs> one. So you're gonna send them here. So, and it was poor conditions, and the death rate was about seventeen percent. Just to give you an idea, guys, um, the more common name for Camp Douglas is eighty acres of hell. Yep, because it was literally eighty acres of hell. So describe some of the conditions at this place. Um, so just to give you an idea, also yeah. like forty-two hundred, around forty-three hundred um, prisoners um, died yeah, at this it place. Was, it were interned in Oak uh, Woods Cemetery, which is a South Side cemetery. Um, not that, not that too far away from um, the. Uh, Camp Douglas, where it was, because Camp Douglas, where where it's situated, if you go there today, it's the University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Most of it's taken up most of the land. Um, there were no bathrooms for a lot. First of all, it was made made uh, prison war camp made, but not to hold that many prisoners. It started to swell when the uh, Ulysses S. Grant took over as commander in chief of the Union Army and stop the prisoner exchange program. He wanted to starve the South of their their only resources that they have was men. So he canceled the prisoner war program, prisoner war exchange program. Um, so it means that they had to keep these prisoners where they were, these Confederate prisoners. So you only have this little camp that's designed to hold maybe at the most 800. 863 people it says. Yeah, eight hundred sixty-three, and it ballooned to over two to three thousand. 
Wait, no, 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 no. It's way more than that, Nick. Here, look. I'm reading right here in this paragraph. Hold on one second. I just had it up in front of me. It varies. This is... No, I, th- I think it's like much higher than that because 4,200 soldiers died. Die. Oh, that was over place. the period of the whole camp being open. Oh, really? Yeah, and it wasn't just, just that, during that you, one, okay. uh, one. It was over the whole camp being open because there was a lot of soldiers that were from um, the South that weren't used to Chicago winters. You take someone from Florida instead of that's been around 80, 70. COVID has probably been 50, 60 degrees and stuff. And bring up Chicago where it drops down to 20, 10, 20 or 10 degrees, their body will probably go into shock. So it's during the whole time while the prison, while the camp was open, that these forty-two thousand. It's just a vast majority of it came after Grant's declaration of ending the uh, Union Exchange Program, mm. the well, the Prison Award Exchange Program. So most people died from not only the, the Elements, weather, but also uh, disease, dysentery. Yeah, dysentery. <laughs> Oregon Trail. Okay, diary. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Oregon Trail. That was big back in the 1860. <laughs> <laughs> he died from die of fucking rea, drinking yeah. diarrhea water. Also, complete um, side note has nothing to do with this. You know, 50 million people died from influenza during World War One. Yeah. Five zero. Yeah. Spanish flu. It came here. Bye. That's during World War One, but yeah. it doesn't really have much to do with. No, no, not. A, I mean, it does though, because resources that would have went to stop that went to war. Fifty million. Anyways, that blew my um, mind when I found that out last week. The hospital facilities or the camp was uh, small for the needs of the prisoners and the guards. Um, that much. It was a smallpox epidemic. <laughs> was aspirin around? <laughs> Yeah, it was called penicillin around. Yes, no, no, no penicillin. Uh, Aspirin was called cocaine. (laughs) It was called morphine. (laughs) Cocaine. (laughs) Really, they just pumped them full of uh, heroin, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Bite down on this towel (laughs) while I saw off your leg. Don't take my land partners that is like <laughs> I die from shock. I think anyway anyways. Um yeah, well we have dysentery, smallpox, and the smallpox epidemic, the the weather, um discipline, they used to shoot because it was several state attempts throughout the city because mm-hmm. it started off and security was pretty lax there and then it was a massive state attempt and the guards became sadistic. It, it was literally a vast majority of things that killed these Aggressive uh, prisoners of war, and no one in um, who was in charge of these camps were ended up being really convicted or uh, given severe punishment for what had happened during it. And a lot of this area was taken up by USC. Like, and like I did not know this for years. I didn't know this for years. It was very interesting. When my when my grandfather had passed away uh, when I was 10, he was taken to a funeral home. Um, God, I forget the name of the funeral home, but it was on the south side. And going to this funeral home, I remember there being a lot of Union and Confederate uh, memorabilia at this funeral home. And 
I would be looking around, just going, "What, what, what, what is what is going on here? Why, why is there this? Because the funeral home was a, a black-owned funeral home. I was like, why is there a Confederate flag in this funeral home? And I did not know that." Yeah, it's so weird out yeah, of place, right? Yeah, yeah, that this funeral home was part of that was standing on land that was part of Camp Douglas. I did not know that. Also, I just want to add this. This is uh, ties into a story um, I heard about the the famous meet um, Union Stockyards. The, the Union Stockyards. Okay, yeah. so for those of you who don't know Chicago, there was a huge slaughterhouse industry in yeah. in Chicago in the 1910s and 20s, which also led to another workers' right revolution yeah. from the book that was written because of the, it. The, God, what was it called? The Journey? The, no, the, no, the, it was something, something. Jungle. Jungle. The jungle. The jungle, yes. The jungle. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyways, so these, these stockyards yeah. are not that far from where this happened, where on a daily average, mm -hmm. they killed up to 130,000 animals. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, just to add to how much misery and death, death happened on that side of yeah. on that side of the city. <laughs> a lot of death, a lot of misery, but um, the area which is encompassed Camp Douglas. We're not going to get too much into it because it's so much information with Camp Douglas. Um, that's something that we need to go to in a separate episode in the future. Mm, in right. the future, um, where the site is right now is most of it taken up by the youth of Chicago. The rest of it taken up by condominiums. Um, they're being built there again. I told you about that um, funeral home that we that my grandfather. We should go at. freak out the residents of that condo and tell I, them the story. It's supposedly haunted. That some people who live in the condominiums report like footsteps in the middle of the night. Um, bird, yeah. <laughs> Um, whistles being blown. Some ghost stole my television. Yeah, this one story. I heard this one guy told this one story. They were standing on a street corner near, like, in that area waiting for a bus. And pretty much he looked down the street and saw just pacing back and forth a guy that didn't look like he belonged there wearing, he said, old-timey clothing, Civil War uniform. He said it looked kind of grayish. Be walking back and forth. Great way to fuck with people. Just go in there dressed as a Civil War soldier. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a predominantly African American uh, area. <laughs> and you're going in dressed as a Confederate soldier. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best idea. That's yeah, the yeah, best yeah. idea yeah, in the world. <laughs> but yeah, that's. 80 acres of hell. That's a little summary of 80 acres of hell. All right. Uh, you want to hear about some creepy clouds? Not really, but let's do it. <laughs> you love how I just jumped from this bed. Yeah, so here's the thing about clowns. Um, yeah. I don't find them particularly creepy, mm -hmm. but this... Right, that's the thing. Like, mm -hmm. There is involvement with serial killers, and yeah. I'm sure we're going to touch on it in a moment. Yeah. Uh, so a clown in and of itself isn't creepy to me, but... The fact that they're involved with like some fucked up shit that's happened in the past is pretty pretty weird. And also, this recent, the one that happened a few days ago, this uh, clown wave across America, where these idiots would come out of like cornfields in the mm. middle of the night. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it. 
Are we going to touch on Gacy? You, you know what? We're not going to touch on Gacy because Gacy is a whole other uh, episode. Yeah, episode to himself by himself. Um, but I <laughs> he will, deserved that spot. <laughs> he deserved that spot along with Bundy, uh, Dahmer, Ramirez. Okay, okay, okay. Holmes, you name it. Um, Aline Warnos. Um, Dennis Rodman. Yes. <laughs> OJ. Um, um, there is a there is a pop uh, a myth that needs to be dispelled right now about Gacy. He did not kill anyone with wearing the clown makeup. That was his like professional job, right? It wasn't his professional job. Pro- job. It, it was something he did for the kids in the neighborhood. It's something he did for not only the kids in the neighborhood, and the par- but the parents of the neighborhood. Right, right. It's he, something... But, it wasn't a part of his crimes. It was no. something he did to, like, suppress his craziness. No, it was just right? something he did to... just to make people happy. Listen, it, was, it was also political. Listen because to he was the... A, he was a Democratic committeeman. Listen to the song William H. Gacy by um, Sufjan Stevens. It's chilling. Chilling. Anyways. It was just something he did. Gacy to the side. He did not kill anyone wearing clown makeup. And it just, every time you say killer clown or Chicago scary clowns, Gacy will pop up. No, naturally, he didn't do but it. naturally, and it makes the clown sense. makeup. He's scary on his own. He didn't need the damn makeup. But Nick, Nick is clearly <laughs> standing up for clown rights. I am tired, I'm pissed off, and I'm tired of clowns getting a bad rep. Yeah, I'm tired of clowns in this city getting a bad rep. They work hard. They're hardworking people, and clowns don't deserve this. Now the mind bastards. <laughs> they're the ones that don't say anything. They're the ones that are scary. We gotta watch out for the mimes. Go show that bucket up your ass. Hey, listen though, for real. Since this clown wave happened a couple of years ago, the yeah. stories came out of real clowns, like real clowns, yeah. and their business getting hurt because of the negative press they were getting yeah. because of the clown. Uh, they're like, this is our job. Like uh-huh. we show up at kids' parties, make balloons, you know, get paid, grab a slice of cake, go home. Tie, like, come on, let's tie this Yeah, but um, <clears throat> there was a way, like, everyone remembers the, the when the first chapter of It came out last year, there was a wave of clown people dressed up in clowns. Even before that, people dressed up in clowns all over the nations. Um, even happened somewhat here in Chicago a little bit. But people really don't know it's been happening here for a very long time. That the fact that in, back in 2008, in 19, the, the early 1990s, that we had a clown kind of myth, legend, something kind of um, thing going on where clowns would dress up and drive around in white pickup vans. And supposedly, from what children were saying, um, where these clown sightings were happening, is being trying to be picked up by these clowns and taken off somewhere to be killed. So. Um, you were laughing at something. What did Because I typed in clown sighting in Chicago, and the first video to pop up is Takashi69 <laughs> hires police to escort him in Chicago. But okay, go ahead, go ahead. But That's ba- funny. yeah, back in like two, back in like the nineties, um, there were sightings of like even I remember this too when I was younger. Sightings of a clown called Homie the Clown. Now, if you're not familiar with Homie the Clown, or you're a little bit younger, and we're 
don't remember watching TV back then. Homer the Clown was a character on Living Color played by Damon Wayne Sr., uh, the guy that's on TV's Lethal Weapon, My Wife and Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he played this character. His 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 brother, Keenan Ivory Ways, developed a show called A Living Color. It gave Jim Carrey, Jennifer Lopez, Jamie Foxx, their starts. Uh, their starts. They, they, pretty much they became household names off the show. Um, and Damon Wayans had played this character called Homer the Clown, which was a convicted convict locked out of prison who decided couldn't get a job but decided to be a clown and blame all of his problems on the white man and hit kids over the head and didn't agree with them with a sock. It was funny. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You ever get a chance to go online and to be able to see it, Go watch it. Just type in a living color hole in a cloud. It's mm. pretty funny. Are they but, from Chicago? The Wayans? No. No? Okay. No, they're not from Chicago. But there was these sightings during the 90s of these kids mainly on the south south side, west side, and some of the south suburbs of this guy dressed up as Homie the Clown um, driving around in a white van trying to get um, kids to get in this van. And uh, <laughs> why is that always the thing? I I, I, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know why. You know because creepy people drive creepy vans. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Here, this is from the Chicago Reader. Um, Fucking America is so predictable sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is uh, the Chicago, Chicago Reader? Reader. Hey, what this year is, is this from? This is from night. This is the fall of night. The Chicago Reader episode. Um, article is from 2006, but it's talking about the fall of two, uh, 1991. So he talks about Homie the Clown, describes who Homie the Clown was um, in the sketch comedy show Living Color. Um, but kids around the neighborhood feared that Homie was a guy dressed like dressed as Homie the Clown, going around in a white man trying to pick up kids. They didn't know who he was and where he came from. He talked about like he would either try to get kids to go in the van by standing in front of the van or just run around chasing kids and try to pick them up and take them, kidnap them into the van. They didn't know whether he's a child molester, a rapist, or whatever. And um, it was pretty big back then. I remember one story when I was in school, uh, these kids were like, yeah, I saw homie, he was in the backyard. Like this one uh, girl was telling like, I was in the backyard. Uh, and my mom came running out, screaming, like, get in the house, get in the house, get in the house. And she ends up looking up across the street. Uh, that's in across the street is looking dead into her um, yard. And you just see this person dressed as a clown waving and pulling out a butcher knife. So this is from the girl. This is from the girl when we were younger. I didn't believe the story. I'm like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> I didn't, but that's what she said, that, that, that her mother came out there. Uh, screaming, get in the house, get in the house, get in the house. And um, there was a clown just standing there, waving, holding a butcher knife. That's you know, scary. Just, uh, supposedly. I don't know if I believe the story. Um, I mean, it, means it could have been someone dressed up as Batman. I'd still be freaked out. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> waving with a butcher knife? It's like, it's like, it's like I, I, I would but I would be scared too if some guy was standing standing near my backyard dressed up as Batman holding a knife unless I was at my uh, <laughs> unless I was dressed up as Spider-Man just like finally 
the call. <laughs> I'm about to kick Batman's ass. <laughs> Wait, are they in the same universe? No. <laughs> Even me and the non-comic book fan knows yes. that. Get your universes right. Right. <laughs> One's successful and knows what they're doing. The other one is crap. Um, oh. so, <laughs> um, so that was some of the sightings that took place in 91. Um, then it happened again in 08 on the south and west sides, just the south and west sides. Um, there was a um, one story, particularly on the south side, these kids were playing at this um, uh, playground, and this van pulls up, and the guy out of the van is dressed in clown makeup, trying to get kids with free candy to come into the vans, and a couple of the parents that saw it, and they begin driving their kids, and one of the parents was like, get the hell out of here, and the clown was making threatening gestures to him, and the guy just starts running towards the clown, and the clown just gets in the car and drives off. So. Wow. And also, yeah. um. The, and they were it, going near, also doing both of the stories that were going near schools, I'm sorry. Isn't Chicago famous for Bozo? Yeah, I mean, this is a, um. A, Bozo the Clown, if you guys don't know. Isn't he on WGN? WGN. It was ran from, like, the... 50s since the inception of WGN um, until um, like the 2000s. Um, so it's it's funny. I had just had this conversation with somebody else the other day about why Cubs are so famous across the country is yeah. because of the same reason. WGN, WGN yeah. Channel Nine was syndicated all over the country. The first channel to be syndicated across the country, well, which is why the Cubs are so famous. Which well, is, it started off the radio station, and the radio station their AM signal was so strong it would go. As far uh, west as I think Kansas, Texas, oh, wow. and as far east as Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so a lot of and they would play the Cubs. So everyone would you some that was the only radio station they had, especially in like some of these small podunk towns. All they had was WGN, and they would play the Cubs, and they became that's how the Cubs became so popular. For so, um, so in the same vein, Bozo the Clown probably Bozo would have the been. Clown when WGN went to when television was invented. Yeah. Uh, WGN was one was the first superstation, like uh, WGN TBS out of Atlanta. They were the first superstation, so they wouldn't go far out when television was expanded um, outside from local into especially pay. They were one of the first to um, available, available across to, the country. Across yeah. the country, um, so a lot of people, like in the city, Bozo. If you're born uh, before like the 2000s, Bozo is an institution in the city, and that's not the only clown that's famous in the city. Um, but Bozo, people remember Bozo. Like, oh, remember Bozo and the grand prize game? Like um, a couple of nights after. Yes, the grip, the uh, bucket, bucket one and bucket six. Like uh, WGN had a morning news oh, evening okay. special, uh, evening special, and um, um, they brought back the Grand Prize game with uh, local s- celebrity, former WWE star CM Punk playing the Grand Prize game, and he won the Grand Prize game because they still have it at those studios. So. Um, yeah, Bozo is pretty famous in this city. So, yeah, that's interesting. All right, any more thoughts on on this uh, subject? Uh, yeah. 
So, uh, the, yeah, I do have one last story. <laughs> Down, audience! <laughs> uh, the last, well, I'll tell you about uh, clowns in the area um, is the story of the Phantom Circus that leaves town. This is from the book Chicago Haunts, Ghost Lore of the Windy, Windy City by Ursula uh, Borotsky. Uh, she's telling one of the stories in here. It talks about the Haytenback Wallace Circus, which had passed through the Chicago area in 1918, and it turned out to be a very grim one. By the day's end of uh, in 1918, more than 50 of the circus staff and performers lay dead victims of a massive train wreck. Sometime around four o'clock that morning, the Haytenback Wallace Circus train was headed for Hammond, Indiana carrying some 400 personnel. Near Ivanhoe, Illinois, the crew was forced to make to make it stop to tend to an overheated wheel-bearing box. Unfortunately, behind the halting cars was an empty troop train whose engineer, Alfonso Sargent, had been fired from the previous job for falling asleep while operating the engine. Although the circus train's crew had switched on the red warning lights to indicate it stoppage on the tracks, Sargent ran his cars full speed into the into the obstacle. The impact destroyed three of the heightened back Wallace's cars before coming to a halt. Immediately, a deadly fire broke out. Many of the passengers and crew members were killed on impact. Many more survived the initial blow only to die in the flames while trapped in a wreckage. In all, 86 performers and crew hands lost their lives. Yeah, that's tragic. Sattler still, most were never, Sattler, most were never identified because of the nature of their profession. The majority of the victims were later buried that week in a su- substantial lot in Forest Park's Woodlawn Ster- Cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois, which had been purchased previously by the Showman's League of America, a reserve for the burial of circus performers. Many graves were marked only with the nicknames. Still others with the designation unknown male. Years after the incident, five heads, five stone elephants were added to mark off the lot's boundaries that were about 100 feet west of the cemetery's entrance. These startling mon- monuments with trunks lowered as a gesture of mourning inspired a legend to grow up around the tragedy. Oral history maintains that some of the circus elephants were killed in the train wreck or even they had died trying to rescue performers from the searing fire by dislodging bits of flaming debris to free and trap victims. Keepers of these details report that the elephants were buried here at Woodlawn with those who could not be saved. It is only after the erection of the monuments and the spread of the legend that neighbors began reporting the sounds of wild animals immersing from the cemetery. The belief quickly emerged that such sounds or audio operation, apparitions of the animal victims of the 18, 19, excuse me, 1918 tragedy. In actuality, there were only no elephants buried at Woodlawn. Either there were any elephants that were fated on the Hammond-bound train. In spite of the lack of factual basis, the legend of the murdered elephants, they're buried at Woodlawn and the haunting of the site lingered becoming entrenched in the folklore of the surrounding suburbs of North Riverside, Cicero, Berlin, Berwyn. Meanwhile, neighboring police departments and the cemetery management shared a mounting disfuddlement. As remarkable, remarkable as it seemed, many seemed level, level-headed listeners admitted those rumored sounds seemed real. 
Then a local police officer made an ingenious but retrospectively obvious connection. Uh Uh-oh. The sounds were animal noises carried on the wind from Brookfield Zoo less than one mile away. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, what's the payoff over here? Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. Yes, it is. Uh, Wow. That probably solves one mystery there. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Man, elephants are so the type of animals that would go into a burning fire to save it humans yeah if they even though it didn't happen here yeah it didn't it, it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it would see it was engaged in it it was like yeah it was from brookfield zoo <laughs> it's like that scene of uh the dinosaur dying at the when they're leaving the island from the last jurassic park movie oh fallen kingdom was... <laughs> why <laughs> So, uh, right, where are we going next? Uh, for our last story for the evening. Last? I thought we had the fourth tier. Or we already did that. No, we didn't do yeah. that. I thought we were. Oh, Anyways, okay. that's we'll, fine. We'll, we'll, yeah, fine. okay. You want to mess well, up your plan? You want to. Well, we can talk about fourth tier more before we get on to. Okay. That, I yeah. mean, the. Uh, other it's sub- briefly. The other <laughs> subject is very brief. There's really not much to, to it, you know. Yeah, but. Uh, All right, fourth tier more. What's going on? Fourth Pretty much where the city was founded, Fort Dearborn. I mean, um, oh, cool, take it away. <laughs> so, Fort Dearborn during obviously the um, the War of eighteen twelve, um, it was constructed, and in fact, it does one of the stars on the Chicago flag represents this, this one of the other ones, the massacre what, at Fort Dearborn at, at Fort Dearborn, Fort, Fort Dearborn. Period. So, and for those of you who are not familiar with Chicago. Um, there's a river that's intertwined within the loop of the city. Um, it has obviously been uh, changed, and a lot of things are different from what it used to be. But when Chicago was first founded, that river was uh, pretty vital, right? Because mm-hmm. it connects to the um, Illinois, Illinois River, right? Yeah, it connects to the from Illinois the Great river. Lakes, yeah. and uh, so there was a fort built basically at the base of the river where it empties into Lake Michigan. Yeah, Fort Dearborn. Fort Dearborn. Um, but the first, well, the first, not the first permanent settlement, but one of the major settlements in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we, how are we bringing it into the story? Why'd you well, have it in the list? Well, I don't I know what the, the tragedy list behind is. It is that the fact that during the War of eighteen twelve, uh, Fort Dearborn was given the commander of Fort Dearborn was given order to vacate the fort. They cannot hold the fort any longer. Um, that the the Native Americans uh, allied to the British were outnumbering the soldiers in the fort and also the their families and the settlers in the fort. So they were given an order to uh, leave the fort. And it took the commander so long to leave it that the fact that the allied Native Americans were literally on top of the the soldiers and the settlers in Fort Dearborn, they allowed them to leave the fort, and as they were wa- walking out of the fort and marching out of the fort, they got to pretty much uh, an area which is just, which is pretty much the South Loop. Uh, we went to uh, the area, me and my girlfriend went to the area doing a trip, uh, well, um, tour. A haunted tour? haunted tour, mm-hmm. and they showed us the area, which is now a park and a lot of expensive houses. And, um, and they pretty much, yes, 
No, we didn't see a Starbucks. I thought it might have been a Pete's Coffee. Oh, okay. okay. So <laughs> um, they pretty much slaughtered most of the people uh, for Dearborn uh, right when it got out. I mean, just, um, weird. The Native yeah. Americans had some beef with the people that came into their lands. I can't lands. believe yeah, that, man. Yeah, I really, yeah. I cannot believe that. Yeah, it was yeah. so peaceful. So the, when they were doing excavation, <laughs> when they were expanding the city because the city's built pretty much on Lake Michigan. Um, they were expanding the city. They came across, and take this neighborhood, they came across these these bones, and they didn't understand where these these graves, these bones had um, come, from, yeah. come from. And they finally figured out, like, oh, these are from Fort. How many the, people are we talking about? They talk about, like, around, I would say, nine people in this little area south of the, uh, south in the South Loop. Um, here, for... For where the ambush was, it says mm-hmm. 86 people were killed in the 86 ambush. 86 people, but they were buried in different places. The Potawatomi uh, yeah. tribe, which is now a casino name in the area. They're, they're not owned by actual the Potawatomi Native American tribe. Mm-hmm. They're owned by the mob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get it right or pay the price. No. <laughs> um, but like downtown where the Mac- Mall is, mm-hmm. there's a marker that gives you where the location of old Fort Dearborn is, and if you go to the Chicago History Museum, they'll show you, uh, there'll be a large scale, there'll be a diorama model, model. of Fort Dearborn, mm-hmm. and a large scale, where you can walk into it, mock up of one of the walls of Fort Dearborn, which they've taken down. So, um, on one of your non, non-weird weekend ones, we should talk about like the, the founding of Chicago. Yeah, that would you know be I mean? a great be one. Cool. Like, and talk about the, st- the flag and stuff. And everything. Yeah, talk about the four stars on the flag. Yeah. And, Chicago's got a cool history. Yeah, and why it's the best <laughs> flag of all the... Without years. a doubt. Yes. Without <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you ever seen the Californian flag? Oh, God. <laughs> it's a bear. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a it's a, a Mexican flag with a bear on it. Yeah, uh, why don't we just hand it back to Mexico? Uh, you don't have yeah, exactly. You ever you ever seen the flag of Little Rock, Arkansas? That's a trick question. They don't have a flag. <laughs> <laughs> the only other flag that can maybe maybe compete with us is the flag for Washington D.C. because it has on the bottom no taxation without representation. Is that the the, the wait? It says that on the flag. Yes, it says that on the flag. No taxation don't without tr- representation. Don't tread on me. <laughs> don't tread. It should say, hey, screw you, Paul Ryan. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, before we get on to our last story of the night and leave you good people in peace, um, did you know, hey, did you know that we're pretty much standing on the old city cemetery? I very much so do, and I think about it every night. Yes, yes. There's the area which we're, well, most of the area which is standing in, uh, Lincoln Park, Lakeview, uh, what was it, Uptown, some, most of that so, area. Right. Lincoln Park um, in Chicago encompasses a very large area of the city. It's named after a park um, here. Uh, this entire neighborhood um, was basically a cemetery, a massive cemetery. The reason why it's here is because at the time, it was the north border of the city limits. Mm-hmm. And they basically carried their dead out from the city and buried them up here. Um, and then there was some big reclamation project to mm-hmm. turn it into one of the most wealthiest parts of the city. Pretty much. 
They, they exhumed and moved the bodies. Or not just all built of them. On, some, on top of some of them. Not yeah. all of them. They did not move all the bodies. They moved all the headstones. It was kind of like poltergeist moving poltergeist. You moved the headstones, but you left the bodies. You left the damn bodies. <laughs> it's sort of situation kind of like that. Uh, there's a lot of bodies. Like the perfect example was when they were building the uh, parking lot, the new parking lot for the Chicago History Museum years ago. Um, they ended up digging under it and finding what pretty much was like a copper bronze sarcophagus. Uh huh. So they ended up, they didn't know what it was, and pretty much an archaeologist and um, one of the historians for the Chicago History Museum pretty much figured out it was like, no, this came from the old city cemetery. So, from there's two versions of the story I heard. One version of the story is they ended up opening it up and Pretty much, it was just this mummified body that was in it. Um, they had they had to get bull torches and uh, chisels to end up opening up because it was this, this steel sarcophagus. Another story, the ver- the other version of the story I heard is that they ended up opening up, and the contents, the body was in, ended up liquefying and spilling out of the coffin. And getting everywhere. Yeah. Didn't they try to eat the red sludge from the mummy Egyptian sarcophagus or just something? What? Yeah, there was some red sludge. Like, drink the red sludge. Yeah, there was from this sarcophagus. They found red sludge in it. Um, it's from that Egypt. actually makes me sick to my that, stomach. That, that, oh, God. I'm, I'm going to be sick. Um, <laughs> Both sludge. Sorry. Sludge for one person, like the body liquefied, <laughs> turned to sludge, yeah. and started spilling out across the sarcophagus. Oh, that's disgusting. Imagine if you're wearing sandals. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, okay. All last right. So let's get to our last story. Even though we can go on forever, there's so much history, so much rich history on this city. But we'll get to, we got to do another episode on this. Um, and even like side episodes where we talk about just the straight history of Chicago. Oh, and Kids. also in Lincoln Park, um, this incident is known across the nation. It's called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. That's going to be its own podcast. Okay. It, it happened in Lincoln Park. <laughs> it ha- also happened in Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, we not even. We're not even talking about the different other haunted areas of the city, but we'll get to that in a different podcast. We're going to talk about the most podcast. What did you podcast. Say? Okay, I said podcast. I talk about a different podcast. Subtle plug for Xfinity. <laughs> Who's paying you, Nick? <laughs> they have bought me. They got me. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about the most famous ghost this city has to offer. No, not Harry Carey. Ah, come on, man. That's too soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Michael Jordan's legend. No. Mm. <laughs> Resurrection Mary. No, there's other podcasts that have gone into depth on this story. We're not going to spend too much time on this story. We're going to give um, a brief overview. brief overview and some eyewitness accounts. Resurrection Mary is a well-known Chicago area ghost story. It's a vanishing hitchhiker story, which we'll get into when we do our Urban Legends episode of Weekend Weird coming up in the next year. Um, the vanishing hitchhiker is a very common theme. common theme, common story you hear all across the world. I wonder if that's because people are sleep deprived when they're driving. Probably. You know what? 
Uh, I remember one story. These two young uh, couple end up hitting a coyote and getting trapped in the oh, man. undercarriage. Maybe they're going to be haunted forever by the Oh, ghost my God. Thing. Especially the coyote who had his mouth open and looked at him and was like, why'd you kill me? Why? But I digress. Let's go on back to the story. Um, the urban legend is based out of Resurrection Cemetery outside Chicago in the suburb of Justice, Illinois. It's just a few miles southwest of Chicago. Um, also, is Chicago special in the way that, like, we have massive cemeteries in this area? Well, New York has massive cemeteries in their area, and also, if you go out west, um... I mean, yeah, but, like, if you look at map... No, no, certainly, but, like, there's a massive chunk of the city up north here. Mm -hmm. Is it the Bohemian Cemetery? And well, we're getting off one, topic, yeah. but yeah, like, it's, it's lots of mass cemeteries in this it is in this area, um, and especially a lot of it is based on segregation. Mm. Also, because there were cemeteries that wouldn't allow Irish, and there were cemeteries that wouldn't like Catholics, and there were cemeteries that wouldn't like Blacks, and wouldn't like Hispanics, and so they're pretty much spread out throughout the city so Crazy. it's large okay. cemeteries so maybe there is some truth to what I'm asking like yeah but know. not as much as like like New York well probably the same as New York or um, Boston Boston's a very old city um, older than Chicago so um, but oh, I wonder how many bodies they found when they were digging that tunnel the big dig oh yeah yeah probably a lot but back Mary. to Resurrection Mary between the uh, since the 1930s several men driving northeast along Archer Avenue between the Willowbrook Ballroom and Resurrection Cemetery is poured picking up a young female hitchhiker. This woman is dressed in somewhat formal in a white party dress and said to have blonde hair and blue eyes. There are other reports that she wears a thin scrawl, dancing shoes, and carries a small clutch purse. And she is quiet. When the driver is near Resurrection Cemetery, the woman... The young woman asks to be let out, upon which she disappears into the cemetery. It has been by, uh, reported by the late Richard Crow, who was a full-time ghost hunter, that it was around three dozen substantiated reports from the 1930s to the present. The legend goes that the, 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 the story goes about Resurrection Mary that she had spent an evening out dancing with a boyfriend at the Old Henry Ballroom. Now the Willowbrook Ballroom, well, formerly the Willowbrook Ballroom, now a burnt-down piece of husk <laughs> because the place caught fire two years ago and they haven't rebuilt it now, that they were at this ballroom dancing. At some point, they got into an argument and Mary stormed out. Even though it was a cold winter night, she thought she'd rather face a cold walk home than spend another minute with a boyfriend. <laughs> she left the ballroom and started walking up Archer Avenue. She had gotten she had not gotten very far when she was struck and killed by a hit and run driver who fled the scene, leaving Mary to die. Her parents found her and were grief stricken at the sight of her body. They buried her in Resurrection Cemetery wearing a beautiful white dancing dress and matching dancing shoes. The hit and run driver was never found. Here's one of the reports of uh, Resurrection Mary. A young a Chicago Southsider named Jerry Paulus reported in 1939 he met a person who he came to believe was Resurrection Mary at the Liberty Grove in Hall at 47th and Mozart. Not the old Henry Ballroom. Mm -hmm. They danced and even kissed as she asked him to drive her home on Archer Avenue. 
exiting the vehicle and disappearing in front of Resurrection Cemetery. 1973, a Resurrection Mary said to have shown up in the Harlow, Harlow nightclub on Cicero Avenue. Girl likes to dance. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> on Chicago's southwest side. That same year, a taxi, uh, cab driver came to Chet's Melody Lounge across the street from Resurrection Cemetery, inquiring about a young woman who left without paying her fare. They just looked at the guy and went, you must met Mary. She <laughs> ghosted him. <laughs> I live for those. Exactly. Uh, another story comes up. These two women were driving during the 80s. These two women were driving down... Uh, Archer Avenue um, around 3 o'clock in the morning and um, they're just talking having a good time and one of the ladies driving hits the brakes because a young woman's walking across the street slams in front of the brakes the young woman just looks at her keeps walking into Resurrected Cemetery and disappears okay those are some of the stories lots of sightings of this person lots of sightings mm -hmm. here's the thing there's no evidence linking a woman named Mary to be killed in a <laughs> oh. automobile accident anywhere near the Ohio Ballroom or Resurrection. So, so the, so the, the, the uh, what do you want to call it? Inception story of the entire thing is debunked. It's there's no proof of anyone named Mary being in an automobile accident on Archer Road or near Resurrection Cemetery. Or near the old Henry Willowbrook Ballroom, being buried in resurrection. They throw in goddamn death. She the, hated the guy the so much. Close, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the closest researchers have tipped linking a real person to this legend is the story of Mary Bergani, who died in 1937 in an automobile accident, but she died in the Chicago Loop. Oh, okay. With a bunch of friends. And they're not sure if she, the Mary Bogotny, that's buried in Resurrection Cemetery. Okay. But people are still reporting to seeing some. Yeah, they're reporting seeing something. Like, they're also reporting or orbs. So, like, the cemetery also itself supposedly haunted by others, like orbs and mysterious lights in the middle of the night um, uh, throughout the day. Um, this other strange phenomenon there's a big mausoleum in the cemetery and like a lot of noises reported footsteps when people are not there uh, shadow figures walking across um, different aisles in the um, mausoleum mm -hmm. so it's like a lot of like it's like the whole area is connected because it's it's a couple of cemeteries connected to uh, Resurrection Cemetery. They also, those are reported haunted, and also the street is reported haunted. So, a lot of paranormal activity happening in that area. I wonder if there's any sort of, um, you know, the critic me always wants to say, like, who's benefiting from keeping the story alive? Is there some businesses around that cemetery well, that there's gained a couple any sort of, there's of... A bar near there but it's a rundown like dive bar there's um 
there's a gas station near Archer Avenue, um, that part of Archer Avenue. <laughs> so maybe they're keeping the legend going. Fucking, like, you want some gas? <laughs> fucking Shell gas station is keeping Resurrection you, Mary going. You want to hear the story of Mary <laughs> and her bloody hook? <laughs> Actually, she's right behind you pumping your gas. <laughs> That'd be $17, please, sir. Oh. <laughs> uh, Yes. <laughs> so basically, we have sightings of uh, uh, ghosts that we don't even know died in yeah. the vicinity of Resurrection yeah. Cemetery. Yeah, there's a lot of what the, the witnesses are people who supposedly saying. I'm not making fun of the witnesses whatsoever. They say they had plenty of sleep. Uh, some of them had work work nights, so they're up. Um, he was reported the sights of Mary or reported picking up Mary or talking to Mary um, resurrection Mary <laughs> uh, any other bodies Mary um, they're lucid stories like even one of the stories appeared on Unsolved Mysteries back in the uh, 80s talking about resurrection Mary um, are they, I don't know what to believe I tend to not believe in ghosts uh, but I don't know. Uh, you kind of do. Uh, not really. <laughs> but, but a little bit. Well, I do feel the ghost of Abraham Lincoln is haunting the White House as we speak, going, what the fuck is going on? Uh, <laughs> um, but I've been down Archer Avenue a bunch of times. I've never saw anything. There you go. Case closed. Yeah, case closed. <laughs> Coming. So, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, my statement about this story is the same as any haunting story that I make. And I know I sound like a, an asshole when I say this, but it's just goofy nonsense. Right. You might have seen something, a light aberration or something, but it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't... Uh, doesn't mean the place is haunted. Right. And it's fun to tell the <coughs> stories of like paranormal things you've seen, but you know, no evidence is ever inserted. Mm-hmm. But clearly it's still something that's this story in particular was big enough to where it's still being talked about today. Yeah. I mean, it's still a great ghost story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a great story to tell during Halloween or when you're driving like down a, a road late at night is good to tell them get the kids get the blood flowing and kid if you got kids get them looking up and they're like oh my god what, what's going on um it's a great story to tell but it's believable i don't know and it, it is again built in the fabric of what makes chicago chicago it's one of those great stories it's it's um we got our bad stories that people hear in the media when you talk about chicago uh I get offended every time the president, I hate to get political, but I am, that the president brings up my city and just says it, or anybody else brings up my city when they say that this city is violent. No, it's, it, we have as much violence as New York or L.A. or Houston or, or London or Paris or Shanghai. Uh, it just gets amplified right amplified and like this is a great city of great history for those of you who are not from here i know you said you had some fans in like london or something yeah people listen to london uh yeah i mean (laughs) chicago is a truly 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 beautiful city Mm -hmm. i'm not from here originally and you know when i had the option when i graduated college to move anywhere Mm -hmm. i chose to stay in chicago Mm because it really is beautiful 
architecturally, historically, um, the people are really nice. Midwestern people are generally nice people. Yeah, nicer than New York. They yeah. would spit on you if you were on fire. And, <laughs> and, and I think like a lot of the bigger cities, like New York, London, like they say, when they see a city like Chicago, they they see that we're smaller than them in population. Mm-hmm. But it's not any less beautiful than these other cities. I I truly mean that. But right. that's my two cents on 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 why I love this city as much as mm-hmm. you know. In, in, in the city, most importantly, the city was built by hardworking people mm-hmm. from different ethnic backgrounds, mm-hmm. and all of them bring a story. It and, is you know the one thing that that big negative thing about Chicago is yeah. that. Population-wise, it is very segregated. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but that's not the way it historically was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a great melting pot city in America. Yeah. Anyways, not to drone on about like why we love Chicago. We're obviously yeah. from here, but yeah. um, there's a lot more to be told about Chicago that yeah, we didn't that. cover in this podcast, and we will, I yeah. surely cover. In yeah, the we we didn't talk about the St. Valentine's Day massacre. We didn't talk about the gang wars. We didn't talk about. Uh, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. Um, there was a Nazi march in the seventies in Skokie, which is just outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that happened. Yeah, that that the Nazi march and how the people in Skokie, a lot of them were Holocaust uh, survivors, uh, were handed batteries to chuck at the Nazis, and they chucked these batteries at the Nazis. <laughs> Is, it was awesome. Or the fact that Nazis had controlled uh, Marquette Park was a neighborhood in Chicago and they were ran out by pretty much communists. <laughs> or the fact that uh, Disco Devolition, uh, a sad night for disco music and the Super Bowl shuffle, a dark day for rap music. <laughs> or or, or the, 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 the sports that had happened and a lot of the first that had happened in this city. Um... Uh, or the fact that we literally have the greatest pizza in the history of mankind. Okay, let's not go, <laughs> let's not go too far. New man. York has cardboard with ketchup and rat cheese, and they call it pizza because they have to be drunk to eat it. Here, we have a knife and fork. Why? Because it's a delicacy, and that's how it should be treated. Just on a final note, uh, those opinions do not represent everybody working at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, New York. Yeah, we gonna be. Yeah, we we can eat ours on, with our hands on the street. Yeah, because you gotta be drunk to eat it. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, you know what the best story that came out of two years ago from that was? What? Do you remember Pizza Rat? Oh yeah. <laughs> I literally read an article. I think it was in like Forbes magazine. It was like why we're all the Pizza Rat. Like <laughs> talking about the struggles of Being 2016 at the yeah, time or whatever. Yeah, pizza Rat. Pizza Rat. But <laughs> trying to survive. Yes. But I digress. We'll come back to Chicago history. We'll come back to weird history and weird things on the next episode of Weekend Weird. Oh, cool. Nah. Thank you, my friend. No problem, man. I love doing these. All right. We got a quick couple of announcements going on. We only got one or two episodes left in 2018, so be on the lookout for that. With our next episode, we'll stay in Chicago. Actually. All right. <laughs> We're going back in Chicago. We're going back to Chicago. It was really mean. You think Chicago's bad now. We're going back to where it was really bad. We're going back to when the World's Fair was here. <laughs> People got 
killed a sweat. <laughs> That'll be one of our next episodes of Weekend Year Weird. And also, um, next year, we got a whole new season of Weekend Weird coming up. Uh, we got stories of uh, axe murderers. We got stories of uh, uh, aliens. We got more ghost stories. We got stories of that's been in the news back in the day and stories that's been in the news now. So, uh, those would be new episodes of Weekend Weird. So, uh, yeah, that's it. We enjoy you. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Weekend Weird. Um, dealing with the history of haunted, weird Chicago. Um, stay tuned for our next episode. And uh, don't forget to stay weird, everyone, because being weird is really cool. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, see y'all next time. Peace. All right, later. <laughs>